Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Welcome to Frank Film Club. The film club where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Frank Film Club, take one. Hi everyone, welcome back to Frank Film Club. This is the safe space where each week me and my friends, Lowry and Maisie, get together to watch a film, unpack the themes and talk about the filmmaking process. This week we're going to be watching and discussing Petite Maman, which was directed by Celine Siama. Um, I chose this film because I loved Portrait of a Lady on Fire and we, we have an episode on that from the last series. Um, and when I saw she was bringing out a new film I was like... Yes, that is my choice. Um, this is probably the first film that we've done which is out in cinemas only at the time of this episode release. So I hope that some of you have managed to go and see it on the big screen. If you have not, it will be coming out on movie early next year. So you can catch it on there. Make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode because we will be speaking with Celine herself who dives into um, more about the process of making and um, the ideas behind it and how different people are interpreting the film. She's a true artist. It's amazing to hear it in her words. So girls, what did you think? I had, other than watching portrait of lady on fire i didn't know what to expect didn't know what it was about didn't even know what the title meant and and so was just completely blown away and just actually really 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 loved it i think this was probably my favorite film that we've watched on the podcast that's so lovely i really didn't enjoy it so this is gonna be awkward (laughs) no (laughs) no i was pretty similar didn't know what the name meant midway through googled what the name meant then realized what was going on i mean i loved how short it was not in like a bad way that i didn't want to keep watching but i was like it was just like enough you don't need any more like sometimes films go on a bit but i feel like yeah my overall thought of the whole thing was was what a brilliant take on a mother and daughter story yes exactly and you know we love those types of films about mother-daughter relationships um so I'm really interested to know why you loved it so much, Maze. Let's start there. So because I didn't know what to expect, I didn't even realise that the two girls looked so similar. When I realised what was going on and that uh, uh, Marion was Nellie's mum, I all of a sudden, I just started immediately thinking of my mother, I think, and just thinking like how how much perspective I would have now if I could have met my mum when she was either my age now or when I was younger and I don't know I just find that I found that really emotional yeah there's something about that um adult perspective on thinking of your parents your creators somebody who has taught you right from wrong as being 
the same age as you are now like when I think about my parents being my age now and how I feel I still feel like a child so there's something about that perspective which is like oh no we're all we're all just human beings and they were trying their best at a certain time um I wanted to ask you girls about when was the moment that you clocked then because if you googled it and then you realized what the 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 name of the film was did you not realize before then like what was when was the moment for you Weirdly, same as Maisie with um, not realising that they look so similar, but they do look very similar. And I'm, and that's such a way. I'm glad that you also said that, Maisie, that you kind of hunt clocked it because that's weird. The girls are just very different in mannerisms. Like they just are. Are they played by the same girl or are they played by twins? Twins. Oh, they are twins. I wasn't sure if they were just sisters or twins, right? They they are just, they've got very different personalities and you can just see it. And it's so rare when twins are that young that you can see it. Or maybe just every twin, like every set of twins is different, right? But like they just, they have such different faces and they have such different like, just like quirks in the way that they move their eyebrows and like the way they just hold their face like naturally. Um, and then that's also sort of amplified in that they have very different households and like they have very different clothes. Yeah, I think that it just further perpetuates that they look like two different people. And then all of a sudden I was like, I kept getting confused. And then I was like, oh wait. <laughs> yeah. So when we first met the younger Marion, I was a little confused because I thought that she was really, really smart. And like when she, cause she like came in she already like felt a bit motherly even as her younger self, because like she took um, Nelly in and like took her to go like get a towel and put their coats up. So at first I was like, is this some kind of magical younger mother, but it, she's actually a mother. So I was a bit confused from that at first. And then it, I think I did just slowly realize. I'm so glad that we all had the same experience that we didn't know anything about the film before we watch it because we, we all obviously love Celine Siama and we loved her film that we covered last series, Portrait of Lady on Fire. And when I saw the post, I was like, yes, it's two girls. It's a coming of age thing. Amazing. Right up my street. Looks like a contemporary story. Great. Um, but yeah, when you realise what what is going on, it is, it's amazing. What do you think is going on though? Like, is it time travel? Is it her imagination? What did you think at the end? I kind of think it is her imagination because if it were time travel, then Nellie's mother would know that what was happening. Yeah, because as soon as Marion leaves Nellie's real life, she meets Marion as a young girl. So I think it's just her imagination in the absence of her mum when she's just like grieving and and away mm, that's that's exactly what I thought and then Warren was like my boyfriend was like no 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 it's time travel however Warren just wants everything to be bloody time travel <laughs> <laughs> he, loves, he loves time travel films he's like right? no Hannah it's a sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> so, and then and then he made a really compelling argument and at the end when the mother comes back they sit with each other and Nellie calls her mother, older mother now in real form, Marion. And Marion in her older form 
gives like an acknowledging look to her. So I was like, no, absolutely not. That does make sense. Yeah. And what do you feel about that though? Do, like knowing now that there's that element to it rather than it be like this like pure imagination thing, how do you feel? The amount of joy that I had when I was watching her with her mum's younger self making pancakes and like laughing together and like putting like pancake moustache and like to think of that actually just being her imagination like makes me quite sad. But to think of that as like a real thing that happened does make me feel a lot happier. This was a lockdown project. This was something Celine Siama wrote and made in lockdown. And you you can sort of, you know, tell with the simplicity of it that it was shot. I thought it was shot in two locations, but the um, it was shot actually in a studio and then the woods was a location in France where Celine Siama's from. Um, so the significance of her walking around and saying goodbye to all the... Uh, older people in the residential home was a tie-in to lockdown and Celine Siama I've read that she was thinking about what who was going through a difficult time during lockdown well obviously people in residential homes and older people but also younger people and that they're not you know able to uh, socialize have freedom and grow in like a short space of time like when you're eight everything is so slow completely I hadn't even acknowledged the simplicity of this film really in my head until you've just said like she's created something within those restrictions. And and and, and now you can kind of see it like so many people had to go back to their family home and it was all of a sudden like who's the parents who's the child and like you didn't know how to be an independent person anymore because you're back with your mum who wants to, you know, fold your socks or like whatever. And I think it's so clear now that you've said that, but I just, I don't know. I just thought it, I, don't, I didn't get lockdown vibes from it at all. But also in all of those really heartwarming ways, now I can see those connections. Do you think that's maybe why it was an hour? Like, because it's, I don't know, I don't know that anyone ever sets out with a runtime, right? Like, did they, is there a director's cut which has more? Is, is, was it always going to be, pretty sure did it ever really you know how because it is odd right I've never watched an hour-long film before maybe she just wrote it and it was like 60-ish pages and she was like this is all it needs to be and also with it being lockdown film and things having to maybe be a bit smaller I don't know how big the budget was maybe it was it was that too and she was like I just want to make a film she does speak a lot about like she wants to she wanted to think about this film as being made with a kid audience in mind as well so maybe that's something to do with it uh-huh attention span let me tell you it's not just kids that need to be <laughs> <laughs> i loved it that was short that, that should be more of a thing yeah films are getting a bit too long definitely um, so I just wanted to read you something that she said about it being a um, pandemic film. So she said, maybe that's, that is also why it's a good pandemic film. Right now we have to rely a lot on this imagination machine in our minds. We can't know the future because there's so much uncertainty and we're in our houses alone and we can't travel. Many of us are losing people right now. We need our imagination to travel to reach and to reach each other. It's just like so amazing when you hear about somebody's thought process after the fact of watching it. Yeah, I just think that 
it was a time when you know many people felt very creative and, and wanted to make something and make good use of their time um but I don't know that I've like watched something that I've connected with as much as this and maybe it's maybe it's because it only could have been made during this time maybe it's because like there was a certain like simplicity and vulnerability that like was the only thing that you could guarantee you would be able to like put on screen because you can't guarantee you know locations and fancy costumes I think I love a film that's contained sometimes like this Can you tell us about the casting? Can we talk about the girls? Yes. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> that sounded like a staged. I love that it wasn't. <laughs> so um, Celine Siama always works with the same casting director, a lady called Christelle Barras. Um, she only saw three kids for this film, one being a singular girl, and the other two being the two girls who are in the film. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. Have they done anything before? I don't know. <laughs> but I want to know the answer to that question. But this casting director found them somehow, put them in front of Celine Siama, and she was like, yes, they're it. But something that I thought was really interesting from learning about the way that she works with kids, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. So, uh... I'm going to quote her again because I, I don't know if I can explain it properly without like saying her words. So she says, um, I never see them act beforehand because that's not their job. It's my job to make it happen on set. And when I work with teenagers, it's different than we do rehearse. But with kids, I think that's too much pressure. I mean, terrifying, but I feel like she's got a point. Yeah. I, I feel like whenever you ask a kid to act they act and you can see that they're acting not always but usually so I completely get why she would do that and instead I'm guessing she's putting them in the situations and then they just react instead of act and just world building I guess yeah none of it's forced it can just be like imagination I thought they were both incredible but I don't know if that was also because I don't speak French. Well, there's a lot of it. There was a lot of emotion and like nuance in their face. But you're right. If you can't hear the way that somebody somebody's like cadence to their voice, then then you don't really know fully. But I think they seem great. I just wonder what Celine did with them beforehand. Like if she just did actions and reactions that weren't um, the same things that they were doing on set and filmed that just to make sure that they could be natural in front of a camera before they got on set, you know? Because the thing is, the way that they were working with, like, props, like, you mentioned that scene in the bathroom, Lowry, when they're taking off their jumpers and drying off and then when they're in the kitchen and she's making some food. Uh, like, and that's the problem, right? Is because, like, as an actor, like, when you're an adult, you think that, like, oh, I need to act. And then, like, you're trying to do natural things and all of a sudden you can't do anything naturally because all you're doing is, like, faking everything. And, like, that's the beautiful thing about kids or even people that have never done it before is that they haven't got any expectation for, like, how they're going to portray things. But, like, it takes such an experienced actor to be able to, like, work with props the way that these girls do and it's because they're just doing it so naturally and they're not working with props they're like literally just taking off their jumper and like drying their hair off but 
like I, I can't tell you how difficult I, I find that sort of thing to do and how unnatural it looks every time without a lot of concentration. And it's because, I don't know, I guess I've gone somewhere that I've like lost how to just do things naturally, even though it's like, you know, things that you would do every single day. But I think that the reason why they were so believable and so much of it is because so much of it was action. And I think if she's just got them moving around a set and the camera's there and they haven't really engaged with that at all and they're not trying to hit a mark and not trying to do anything and they can just kind of like set up the camera and let them have fun, then yeah, they're just gonna capture things that are just magical to watch. The other thing that I was, I noticed was that there was no music whatsoever until that one song at the end. Oh yeah. I did realize, but not in a negative way. I was just like, oh, this is working and there's no music. And then when the music came on, I was like, oh, this is great. Oh my gosh, you know what I've just realized? Same as uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire. How'd you realize that? I literally just realized that as you were talking. That was so weird. Love that. Maybe that's a little Celine stamp. Yeah, I mean, she literally, she's got, I don't know, she can just carry a story without that, which some people just can't. That's like a part of their storytelling. But it's just, she manages to just keep it moving and never feel like stale or stagnant or like boring, you know? And I think I think people use score quite often because they've like not got the shot or like not got something to knit this part together. But you just ne- it's never like that with her movies. Think how many realizations we've just had in this conversation about the film. How clever is that? I know. I'm definitely going to rewatch this, and I'm so excited for the things that I will. I'm sure I'll find. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, time for in, in the, the club. club hi everyone welcome to in the club for frank film club we've just been speaking about petite maman directed by celine siama and we are so pleased to have celine siama with us to chat a little bit more about the film thank you so much for joining us celine thank you for having me we love this film as i say we we also watched um, portrait of lady on fire last series so we're so happy to speak to you this season um, let's start with where the idea came from for Petite Maman. Well, uh, it's um, the idea came from a mysterious place, and but that I, I can totally locate. So it's uh, it's a paradox. It's pretty rare that you can actually locate the moment you were hit by an idea, and this one's pretty clear. And it came under the form of an image. I was kind of daydreaming, and then this image hit me. And this image was like two little girls in the woods, and they were building a tree house. 
And my, like, my understanding of the image was that one was the daughter and one was the mother. And I was like, oh, what would happen if it was a mother and a daughter at eight years old? And then this idea felt comfortable and troubling, peaceful, but kind of wild, uh, forbidden in a way. And so, well, that's the kind of feeling I'm looking for <laughs> when I'm trying, <laughs> designing to commit to an idea for several years. Um, and I kept that idea in mind for years because I had this idea when I was writing Portrait of Lydia on Fire. So I was kind of tempted to go for it straight away. And I was like, no, this is a safe place where you will land after this, whatever happens with Portrait of Lydia on Fire. And... Um, and so that's why, that's why I, went, I really wanted to write it, had this thing buffering uh, in my head for years. Um, and I wanted to confront to it and I wanted to write it um, very, very fast. Um, and I was tired, you know, <laughs> so it wasn't like, <laughs> so I just, but I just, I didn't want it to make it very fast, but I wanted to write it. I wanted to get it out of my head and, and, and start playing with it. Um, and then the pandemic started. And suddenly, this film that I just started writing for a few days, that started with this global goodbye to women in a nursing home, uh, felt different, felt, yeah, radiating with, with the new urgency, with the new need. Um, it felt connected to the world, and I'd never thought about it this way. I always thought about it like this very matriarchal mythology that we were, you know, going to explore. And suddenly it felt like, oh, this is also a political film. <laughs> oh, this is now and then. This is the elders and the kids who are being so... We're, wa we're watching them being so despised, so... They're the main victims of this thing, this moment we're going through. And... and and the film also talks about, I mean, it doesn't talk about this, but it happens in this moment. So it means it's needed. They need respect uh, and they need the stories of grief and loss. We need, we need these stories to be told now. Absolutely. The girls in the film are absolutely incredible. And we, well, we've we're already been discussing how much we love their performances. And we just wondered how you found them and how was it working with them? And how, yeah, how did you work with them? Hmm. Well, we just put an ad out there. So I guess it's about them finding you. Uh, and, you know, the ad said that we were looking, there was an idea in the casting. I really wanted sisters for several reasons. The main reason was that that was my personal question within the film. I was like, okay, this is, this is kind of how I wrote, I wrote the film thinking, okay, if I met my mother at eight, would she be my sister? Uh, would we share the same mother? Um, and also in a very practical way, I wanted, you know, when you work with kids, especially cinema, you have to create like some kind of safe space. Um, and I felt like I really wanted them to be comfortable, to be, not to have to meet somebody and, you know, just to, to work with one family. Um, and the fact that we said that we mentioned that we were also uh, that twins were welcome um and i was i wasn't interested in the fact that they would be identical i really was interested in the fact that they would be 
born on the same day that they would be really that's how they are, they characterize themselves they don't talk about themselves as twins they are sisters born on the same day and i'm like wow this is perfect <laughs> because it's it's exactly what i'm looking for it's not about them looking alike or being it's not about the anecdote of that it's really about them being equal and that you as an audience you're like oh they're obviously meeting at the exact same moment of their lives and that's a continuity from portrait of course trying to bring equality between lovers, artists and muse, and mother and daughters, which is even more impossible in a way, you know? <laughs> um, and so they, they responded to, 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 to our ad. Um, and that's, you know, also, that's my fifth film. I've been working with kids before. So kids, when they come to the casting of one of my films, they come for this film. They come for this type of cinema. They know that they are, so you don't get, you know, you know, people who already know your work and they want to work with you. And then that's it. We don't rehearse, we don't, then we, we, we do, we go through the step of production together, which means, you know, the costumes, testing the cameras and stuff. But then it all happens on the set. Yeah, it's very interesting. Something that we had a question about when we were watching the film is, does the mum knowingly leave knowing that that is what's going to happen? Or is this something which is sort of imagined in the young girl's mind? Well, I don't know. No, the, the, the mother, for sure, the mother doesn't leave knowing that this is going to happen. But um, you know what? Whether this thing is real or not, because... There's a lot of hint that it is actually happening. But this could also all be a dream. She enters this house when she's asleep. And she wakes up in the corridor and she's like, I want to see. And then she, the film, you know, the fantasy begins in a way. But you know what? I, I'm, I didn't play with this idea. I'm not trying to trigger anything there. Because it doesn't matter. Because in the end, the impact is real. She sees her mother differently. Um... And that's exactly what we're doing with the film also. I mean, the film happened to you. The film happened, you know, we want to watch film, they happened to us also. Um, and this like, little pocket idea that you could then imagine yourself with your mother as a kid, or your father, or your grandmother, or your lover, um, or your enemy. And this will have an impact. Like dreams have an impact. It's like when you dream that suddenly you have weird intimacy with someone you, that, that you're not supposed to have intimacy with. It has an impact then when you meet them. You know, it has. So really trying to to focus on that mystery. That mystery. It's just not narrative. It's, it's the mystery of how our bodies and mind respond to hypotheses. But it's not about changing the present. It's not about tourism in the past. It's about... The film is not even located in time. So it's really about common sharing a common time and space. Time traveling as sharing a present. And uh, that's it's it's basically that's how cinema works for me also. Well, I feel like that was the most perfect answer that you could have had to that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what I hope for. I just wanted to ask about your choice um for not using music in in Portrait of Lady and Fire and Petite Maman until a lot later in the film. We, lo we love it, but I just wondered what, what it is about that for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
it's really to create some focus, some... I mean, I really... That's why the film is short. I know that my films as are really, really making the audience active. You have to be active. And silence makes you very, very active because you listen, because you... And also because you hear yourself. It's a very... For me, it's really a craft... Um, it's a very organic thing. Uh, and it's really about... Yeah, how do you want to create focus and listen and, and the audience to listen and to fill them, to let them be free without commentary, without commentary about how they should feel. Uh, and I know that it's it can be a lot of pressure. Silence can be a lot of pressure. Silence is a pressure into you know social interaction. If if I shut if I if I just This is awkward. It is. Right? Yeah, this it is. is this is something. <laughs> this it's not even awkward. It's like it, it's like but so yeah, and and um and it's also because I respect music in films a lot. I know about that power. And it's uh it's a power move, music in films also, you know, to create strong impact and also want you to release some kind of emotions and tears so that you know the music is very loud and you can cry. I must say also that when there's kid characters involved, Tomboy was the first film that I did without music and just one song, for instance. And it was also because, like, what kind of music is childhood? Like, if suddenly if I put some kind of guitar, oh, it would be music made by kids, you know, that, that I would believe. But what kind of commentary would that be? But actually, it's the, 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 the song is sung by a choir of young children, so... It's also something that I wanted that I wanted to work with kid artists all the way. From what you said earlier about it being your own interpretation and seeing things through your lens, you know, you're not with music sometimes that can guide an audience in how they're meant to feel in certain scenes and with your films, you are just left with what you actually think of it. Like we had a really interesting conversation about what we interpreted it to be, like for me, the mother knowingly leaving. And then maybe for, for Lowry or for Maisie, something completely different. Because I'm projecting. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know what? You're the first person to listen this to me. And I kind of, I'm interested in, the, in, in, in this. You feel like she's, she's leaving because she knows that she's going to come back as a kid. There's just, there's a moment at the end of the film where, where they come together again. And they knowingly look at each other yeah. and the little girl refers to her mother as her first name and the look that the mother gives back to the little girl is it, it felt knowing yeah but it's knowing of the fact that once she was gone she's grown you know petite maman the title is is also about how you know the petite maman might be a mom as a kid but it's also her um and how kids take care of parents take care of the adults the second scene of the film is her feeding a mother with a juice boys that box and a crackers you know and the film is also about that it's also about how we give birth to our parents throughout all our lives yeah mm. it's an absolutely stunning film thank you so much for chatting with us i was really happy to thank you Final thoughts, please, ladies. Final thought, I would say that this has been my favourite film that we've watched on Film Club. I've loved it. 
and I'm so, so glad that you picked it. Thank you, Hannah. I'm very surprised at myself that I didn't, after we watched Portrait of Lady on Fire, go and watch any more Celine Sciamma films. And now after watching this film, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? She's probably one of my favorite filmmakers, just purely from the fact that the films are so different and about completely different things and just connect in such an amazing way. I just think she's an artist and I need to go and watch Water Lilies, Girlhood, um agreed we should go back and watch more celine siama films it was magical it wasn't magical it was a (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi thank you so much for listening to this week's episode we really hope that you've enjoyed it and if you have please make sure you remember to give us a five-star rating on apple podcasts Next episode, I'm lucky enough to have chosen our film and I picked the 40-year-old version, which was uh, directed by Rada Blank and came out in 2020. You can watch it on Netflix and please don't get it confused with the 40-year-old version. Um, This one is very different. So go over to Netflix and give it a watch and we'll see you back here next week for more Frank Film Club. Bye-bye. This podcast was presented by Wrapped. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.